All right, it's good to be in the Lord's house tonight. Amen. Let's stand all over the house. Take a gold hymnal. Turn to page 7. Page 7. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm thankful for Jesus tonight. Aren't you? Hallelujah. Bless His name. Hey, we can praise the name of the Lord even on Wednesday night. Amen. All praise to Him who reigns above in majesty supreme, who gave His Son for man to die, that He might man redeem. Sing now, blessed be the name, blessed be the name, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of... Oh, I like verse 2. His name above all names shall stand, exalted more and more. At God the Father's own right hand, where angel hosts adore. Sing it out now. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord on the third. Redeemer, say, your friend of man, once ruined by the fall. Thou hast devised salvation's plan for thou. Oh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful he died for us. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Sing it out. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. His name shall be the Counselor, the mighty Prince of Peace. Of all earth's kingdoms conquer, who reign shall never cease. Let's praise Him tonight. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Sing that chorus one more time. Drop the music now. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to His name tonight. Turn to 334. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not. Uh, my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me. He died at Calvary. I'm thankful for the old rugged cross tonight. Amen. Where would we be if it had not been for Calvary? Amen. 
Sing now. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me. He died on Calvary. Sing mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied me. My burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Amen. By God's word at last my sin I'd learn. Then I trembled at the law I'd spurned. Till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. Sing mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Now I give to Jesus everything. Now I gladly own Him as my King. Now my raptured soul can only Sing of Calvary, sing mercy, there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me, there my burdened soul found liberty at Sing the last on the fourth now. Oh, the love that drew salvation's land. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Turn around and shake hands one with another. It's good to be in the Lord's house tonight.
Amen. I'm thankful for Calvary tonight. Thankful for what Jesus did for us when He shed His blood, died in our place, suffered on our behalf, and for our sins. Aren't you thankful for the old rugged cross tonight? Amen. Uh, and because of that, we can bless His name. Amen. We ought to praise Him. Every day ought to be a, pra- a day of praise in the lives of God's people. You say, well, I just can't think of anything I have to praise Him for. Well, you're just not thinking hard enough. Because I guarantee you, God's been good to you. Amen. doesn't mean that we don't have problems and trials and hardships that we face in life, but still, God's been faithful and He's done more for us than what any of us deserve. Amen. So, good crowd tonight. Appreciate a good Wednesday night turnout. Uh, Oh, yeah, a little faith. I didn't really expect we'd have very many this evening because we've got so many out for different reasons, vacations and such. The Cutchall clan, they're all out of town vacating. Uh, uh, Amen. Well, that's right. Uh, And (laughs) praise the Lord. And uh, let's see, who else we got out? Well, we've got my family. I'll tell you what, y'all need to pray for your pastor. Uh, I was so excited because Holly and Caroline and Carly, they were going uh, out of town to see her brother uh, to Nashville. They're in Nashville. They'll be there t- uh, till Friday. And boy, I was excited because finally some peace and quiet at the Bailey house. Well, that lasted about two hours. And then I started feeling sad and down and out and depressed. And I hope they're not watching this because they'll use it as leverage against me when they get back. Amen. But uh, I'll tell you, I'm thankful for my family, and uh, I guess, what do they, what do they say, uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder, isn't that right? Well, maybe that's what will take place, praise the Lord. So we've got several out for different reasons. Pam and Kenny aren't able to be here this evening, but we're glad you're here, and uh, good to have Miss Linda back with us, amen. Uh, appreciate her, and we missed her while she was away. We prayed for her. And uh, But uh, God brought her back faithfully, and we're thankful for that. So you tell her just how much you appreciate seeing her again uh, this evening. Uh, amen. Barbie's here. Uh, for the next month, I've got to say Barbie's here because she was here on Sunday, and uh, she, uh, she went to walk out the back door, and I looked at her funny, and I said, Barbie, I said, I did, had no idea you was here, and you sat right in front of me through the entire service. So she'll never let me live that one down. Amen. You can't miss Sam when he's here. Uh, but Miss Barbie, praise God. But uh, uh, So I'm thankful she's here. And good to have my niece and nephew with me. Amen. Uh, tonight, Cason uh, uh, and the little rascal Dawson is here. So you, if you, if you ha- see any commotion or t- tumult, you know where it's coming from. It's from them wild Bailey bunch. Hallelujah. So, uh, God's good, isn't He, church? Amen. Amen. As we continue to move on through July, uh, through the month of July, and um, boy, I tell you, I'm still trying to recover and recuperate from Bible school. I went home this afternoon, took me a little nap. I just, I'm still slap wore out. Uh, I think that's, uh, the older we get, the harder it is, harder it is for us to recover. Uh, can I get a witness? Amen. So, Praise the Lord. All right, just uh, don't have a lot of announcements tonight as we're sort of in a lull uh, in between now and when school starts back, but it'll get busy real quick come the fall season. Uh, But uh, uh, let's see, by way of prayer request, 
Uh, good to have Brother Bruce with us. Uh, Brother Bruce uh, had a good bi- uh, had the biopsy procedure on uh, Monday. Uh, he's still waiting on your results. Is that right, brother? Okay. Okay, so Bruce has got another appointment on Friday, so let's especially be praying for him, uh, amen, that uh, Lord willing, he'd get some good news, amen. But God's in control, isn't he, church? Amen. So just continue to remember Bruce in prayer, uh, continue to remember uh, Gary and Francis Gridley, pray for Miss Cheryl Filing, uh, pray for, uh, uh, continue to remember Dee Dunbar in prayer, uh, continue to pray for... Um, uh, Miss Dolores and Bill, remember them in prayer. They've got some uh, family and health issues that, that we need to remember. Pray for Nellie Barham and her health. Uh, pray for Bandy Thompson. Remember him in prayer. Uh, let's see. Continue to remember Lyle's mom, Lula Cutchall. Pray for uh, Peggy Bryson. She needs our prayers. Eddie Bailey. These are just a few on the list. From Sunday, Crystal DeWeese, Billy Barham, Missy Bray. Leslie Jones and Gail Metcalf and um, Fanny Swatzel. And uh, boy, it was so good to see uh, Skylar and Abby walk the aisle and give their hearts to Jesus on Sunday. Amen. Two more souls birthed into the family of God, so remember them in prayer. But you may have some tonight that you'd like to uh, uh, request prayer for, so you uh, can do that at this time. Say Brian Presley. Okay. Remember this family. Others? Remember Michael Knight. Uh, He is home. Is that right? He's back from Florida. Remember him in prayer. Others tonight. Yeah, go ahead, Elmer. Amen. Now, where's this at, Elma? Wow. Goodness. My, my, my. And you would think that at the... Go ahead. Right. Well, Lynchburg's a conservative town. Got a major college there and a Christian college. And a university, Christian University, but uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, um, parents are having their their rights over their children in the school system are being taken away. You would think that as a parent, um, we would have a say-so in what our kids are taught, 
But in many cases, that's not the case. Amen. Remember this situation and just pray that those who um, have the ability to, um, to hinder this and to oppose it and to keep it out, that they'll have the courage to take the stand that's required. Amen. Somebody else tonight? Can I just say this, church, this stuff ain't going away. It's not going away. That's right. Others this evening. Go ahead, Tyler. Yes, sir. Amen. Remember this in prayer. Amen. Other needs tonight? And Courtney and, and Brian, they're not feeling well. Anyone else? I've got a praise, Pastor. I'm not better yet, but uh, I've got a clean bill of health on my heart. Yes, sir. Amen. I thanks for that. Give the Lord praise. Praise the Lord. I'm surprised they found anything there, Sam. Praise the Lord. Laughter uh, does good like a medicine, doesn't it? Merry heart. Amen. Any others tonight? Amen. Amen. I'd heard some rumors that, that, uh, that Miss Linda's ticker was act, acting up on her, but glad that God brought her back, back safe and sound. I believe Chrissy had some problems as well. Mosquito, yeah, amen. That's a different deal when it happens. Uh, right, yes. Any other prayer requests tonight? Continue to remember Lola Hafke. Lola needs our prayers. Also Wanda Norton. Let's uh, don't forget her either. Unspoken requests tonight by the uplifted hand. Lost loved ones we need to remember in prayer. Remember our missionaries, remember our country, our nation, uh, the war in Ukraine. We've just got so many things to pray. I'll tell you something else, and I'm going to talk about this a little tonight. Pray for the drought um, out west, and you'd be amazed at just the, the large percentage of our country that has a shortage of water. Uh, and I'm not talking about just a little bit. I'm talking about a major shortage of, of water. They say that the drought that the West is experiencing right now is the worst in over a thousand years. Uh, so uh, we ought to be thankful that we're getting some rain in the middle of July. Amen. All right, we'll gather around the altar. We'll take these requests before the Lord. You can join us if you'd like. If not, pray there in your seats, please.
Scott, would you lead us in prayer, brother? Father, we thank you tonight, Lord, for this privilege we have to gather, Lord, in your house, Lord, and in your name. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Lord, just for another opportunity we have to uh, be together, Lord, on Wednesday night for prayer meeting. And certainly, God, we need this. And God, we're thankful for the time that we have to share together, Lord. Uh, uh, pray over our burdens, Lord, and encourage one another. And Lord, uh, Lord, defeat ourselves, God, on the truths of the Scripture. And uh, Lord, sing the songs of faith, Lord. And God, I pray, Lord, that our gathering wouldn't be in vain. I pray that it wouldn't be a waste of time. Lord, I pray from the beginning to the end that you'd see fit to, to bless us and grace us, Lord, with a special portion of blessing. God, all is vain, Lord, unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. God, we're nothing without you, God. Lord, we just need you tonight more than we ever have. Cleanse us from our sins. Forgive us, Lord. Uh, where we fail you, Lord, and, and God, I pray, Lord, that you just, uh, Lord, help our hearts to be clean and pure and right with you, Lord, that there be nothing, God, within us, God, that would, uh, uh, Lord, uh, stop off the wells, God, from us receiving that uh, channel of grace that you want to bestow upon us, Lord, uh, I pray tonight, God, that you help me as I share these truths, God, and as we continue our study of the Word of God, we're blessed, uh, Father, Lord, uh, Miss Linda. We're so thankful to see her back with us. And, uh, Lord, continue to be with her and, and uh, Christina. Lord, bless Sam. God, thank you for the good report that he received. God, pray for Brother Bruce. Lord, the test that he continues to have. And, Lord, uh, as he goes back Friday, God, that he would uh, he would get a report that only God could give. Lord, it'd be supernatural, miraculous, God. Pray for Gary and Francis, Lord. I pray for Mike as he's traveling. Pray for Miss Cheryl. Pray for Michael Knight and Miss D. Dunbar. God, I pray, Lord, for uh, uh, Lord Bill and Dolores. I pray for Nellie. I pray, God, that you bless uh, Bandy Thompson. Lord, I pray, God, for... Uh, uh, Miss Lula, I pray for uh, Miss Peggy Bryson. Uh, God, I pray, Lord, uh, that you bless uh, Eddie Bailey. Uh, Lord, I pray for Wanda Norton tonight. I pray, God, that you bless uh, Crystal Louise, Billy Barnum, and Missy Bray, uh, Leslie Jones, and Gail Metcalf, and uh, Lord Fanny Swatzel. And, uh, Lord, thank you, God, for Skylar and Abby, Lord, and giving their hearts to Christ. Pray for Brian Presley and, Lord, this high school, Father. And, uh, God, I pray that you'd help those who have the ability to do so. Help them to stand in the gap, Father, and to take the right stand, God. Uh, Lord, I pray for uh, Courtney and Brian and their health, Lord. And, God, have you willing your way tonight in our service. We're going to praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, Mike. All right, we'll have a couple ushers come forward at this time. We'll receive our uh, building fund offering. Amen. Y'all shouldn't have sat down. You should have come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So. Appreciate what the Lord's done on behalf of our building and uh, allowing us to pay that loan off. But uh, amen. Little is much when God is in it.
It's paid off, yes. Sam, you lead us in prayer, brother. Amen. Amen. Thankful for the amazing grace of God tonight. Amen. Where would we be without God's grace? I'm thankful His grace is sufficient for every need. Amen. Well, I've experienced that in my life. There's some things that I have faced. I said, well, I'll never be able to get through this. And on my own and by myself, I couldn't. But then God just came in and gave me that special portion of grace that I needed. Just enough to get me through. Amen. And I believe that, that God will do that. He's obligated to do it. You say, preacher, why? Because he, he promised us he would. And God cannot uh, go back on his word. If God said it, you can believe one way or another it's going to come to pass. Praise God. We also uh, need to pray for Mike. Mike's traveling. Uh, amen. So Miss Grace is she's by herself too this week. Are, are you enjoying that or it's odd? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I like that political answer. It's odd. She didn't say good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Sometimes these women know how to stay out of trouble more than us men do. Praise God. Amen. Good to have Michael and his friend Jaquay with us tonight. Uh, amen. Appreciate them being here. And uh, I've uh, kind of gotten to know Jaquay's wife uh, there at the gas station. Just a good good lady and appreciate her. And her ki- their kids come to Bible school this week, this past week. Amen. Part of that crowd, that crazy crowd that we had. But thankful for them. Turn with me in your Bibles tonight, if you will, to Jeremiah. Chapter number 21, back in Jeremiah Amen. Again, I'm going to keep going through Jeremiah until the Lord tells me to quit. So, uh, amen. But um, when I started this study, I knew it would be a challenge and um, wasn't actually looking forward to it in some ways. But it's very 
practical and very uh, applicable to the day in which you and I live. And I think there's some lessons that we can learn and apply to our day here in America as God was dealing with uh, His people uh, back in Jeremiah's day. Jeremiah 21, verse number 1. We're going to read quite a bit of Scripture so you don't have to stand uh, necessarily unless you want to. But the Bible says in Jeremiah 21, verse 1, If you found your place, say amen. 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 You're, not, you're telling the truth, I hope. Amen. Nobody fibbing on me tonight. Jeremiah 21. The Bible says, The word which came into Jeremiah from the Lord when King Zedekiah sent unto him Pasher, the son of Melchiah, and Zephaniah, the son of Messiah, the priest, saying, Inquire, I pray thee of the Lord for us. For Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, maketh war against us, if so be that the Lord will deal with us according to all his wondrous works, that he may go up from us. Then said Jeremiah unto them, Thus shall ye say to Zedekiah, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I'll turn back the weapons of war that are in your hands, wherewith ye fight against the king of Babylon and against the Chaldeans, which besiege you without the walls, and I will assemble them into the midst of this city. And I myself will fight against you with an outstretched hand and with a strong arm, even in anger, and in fury and in great wrath. And I will smite the inhabitants of this city. Both man and beast, they shall die of a great pestilence. And afterwards, saith the Lord, I will deliver Zedekiah king of Judah and his servants and the people and such as are left in this city from the pestilence, from the sword and from the famine into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon and into the hands of their enemies and into the hands of those that seek their life. And he shall smite them with the edge of the sword. He shall not spare them, neither have pity nor have mercy. And unto this people thou shalt say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I set before you uh, the way of life and the way of death. I hope that is familiar to you. Uh, he that abideth in the city shall die by the sword and by the famine and by the pestilence. But he that goeth out and followeth to the Chaldeans that besiege you, he shall live and his life shall be unto him for a prey, for I have set my face against this city for evil and not for good, saith the Lord. Can I just say to you tonight that it's a bad thing for the Lord to set His face against a city, a church, a person, and especially a nation. Help me preach tonight. It shall be given into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire, and touching the house of the king of Judah, say, Hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of David. Thus saith the Lord, Execute judgment in the morning, and deliver him that is spoiled out of the hand of the oppressor, lest my fury go out like fire, and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. Behold, I am against thee, O inhabitant of the valley, and rock of the plain, saith the Lord. Now, Notice here, he's not just speaking to the land, uh, into the city, into the people. He's speaking into the house of God. He's speaking to the temple of Jerusalem itself. Uh, this uh, last part of chapter number 21, the book of Jeremiah, is written specifically, uh, Hear ye the word of the Lord, O house of David, thus saith the Lord. And... Uh, 
which say, Who shall come down against us, or who shall enter into our habitations? But I will punish you according to the fruit of your doings, said the Lord, and I will kindle a fire in the forest, therefore, and it shall devour all things round about it. With the Lord's help tonight, I want to preach on this thought, when God turns the tables. When God turns the tables. Father in heaven, I love you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have together tonight. And Lord, it's just good to be back in the pulpit. Lord, been over a week and a half since I preached. And uh, Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, thinking this evening, Lord, just what a blessing it is to be able to stand once more behind the sacred desk. And Lord, I pray that you cleanse me from sin, anything that would hinder me from, uh, Lord, uh, being able to be a vessel and, a, and an instrument to be used, God, to deliver thy word to thy people, God. Lord, I pray you'd bless them. And Lord, help us all to receive the word and apply it to our lives as you give it out to us, Lord. And, and God, we're going to praise you tonight for who you are and what you do. And uh, Lord, I pray that it never be said about our church or about our nation, uh, about our lives, Lord, that you set your face against us. Uh, Lord, uh, I want to be a friend of God, not your enemy, God. Lord, I love you and I praise you. Lord, honor your word. Exalt your son by way of your humble servant, God. We're going to praise you tonight in advance for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said. Now, uh, again, this is coming right on the heels of, of kind of the uh, section of, of, of Scripture. We studied Jeremiah 18 through 20 about um, the potter's house and, and uh, the messages that Jeremiah preached. Uh, first, um, in the valley of Hinnom, but then at the temple itself regarding the judgment that was getting ready to fall. And Pasher, the... the uh, the governor of the temple. He was a priest, but he was kind of in charge of the house of God. Uh, certainly Jeremiah knew him. He was familiar with him because Jeremiah came from a lineage of priests. So certainly he would have known Pasher, but Pasher came against Jeremiah and he became the number one enemy of Jeremiah. And he literally had him placed in the stocks. He incarcerated him simply because the man of God preached the truth. And uh, then Jeremiah kind of had a pity party. And uh, chapter number, uh, the, uh, amen, the last chapter we studied, chapter number 20, that uh, Jeremiah, we see how that he's up one minute and down the next. But uh, he was speaking about how that the Word of God had been a reproach to him and how he uh, every time he was faithful to God and served God and, and did what God would have him to do, he got in trouble for it. But yet he was still faithful. And if there's one thing we can say about Jeremiah, he didn't always have the right attitude. He didn't always have the right uh, outlook. And uh, I want to say to you, I probably wouldn't either if I'd have gone through the things that he went through. But yet he was faithful to God. He didn't quit. He kept going. And if Jeremiah can do that, of course it was because uh, his sustenance came uh, uh, through... The, the fire and the fuel of God's Word. He said that I wanted to quit. He said, I'm not going to speak out anymore. I'm not going to make mention of His name. Uh, he said, but then there was something in my bones. It was like a fire shut up in my bones. And He said, I couldn't keep quiet even if I wanted to. Praise the Lord. But now we see, and again, I've, I've entitled tonight's message, When God Turns the Tables. 
Because we see, and, and we don't know for sure what kind of a time period uh, existed in between chapter number 20 and 21, probably not more than a couple of years. But again, chapter number 20, Pasher was Jeremiah's enemy. He didn't want anything to do with him. He was uh, basically incarcerating him, putting him in prison for telling the truth. Well, now uh, Pasher's uh, coming to Jeremiah asking for help. Isn't that the way it goes? Uh, amen. And, and sometimes if you just give it time, your enemies, those who try to hurt you and those who try to bring you down, uh, during a time of need, they'll want to be your best friend. Amen. And you better have a little bit of uh, di discernment in your life to be able to tell uh, not just that they're coming to you and that they want something from you, but why is that the case? And what is it do they really want from you? We just share some introductory things tonight. I'm not sure how far we'll get. But the setting of this chapter, it, it took place in the year 588 B.C. when Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, Jeremiah's prophecies had come true. The land had been invaded. Uh, Judah, most of Judah had been conquered. And now, and you think about this, the Babylonian army had surrounded and besieged the city of Jerusalem. And the, the armies of Babylon were right outside the very walls of the city. Uh, the siege would last approximately 30 months. It ended in 586 B.C. Many Jews would die, and the Bible even talks about this. Jeremiah foretold it right here. He said they'd die of starvation. They simply did not have any food to eat. When, a, when an army, a medieval army, would besiege a, uh, a city, they would surround it. They would cut off uh, the food supply. And if the people didn't submit and give up and wave the white flag, over time they'd just starve to death. Uh, you know, as a side note, we see this playing out in some places uh, right now over in Ukraine. The Russian army... I know the city of Mariupol, is that right? One of the cities that Russia just surrounded it and besieged it and just waited them out and starved them to death. And this was certainly the, the tactics that were used in Jeremiah's day by the Babylonians. Something we need to understand is the same fate had played out in northern Israel uh, several years before in the city of Samaria as God's people were forced to eat donkey's head, dove's dung, and the flesh of their own children just to survive. And may I remind you, that ain't God's will. They were living far below uh, the, the level that God had for them. Amen. But that's what happens when we disobey God, when we rebel against Him, when we go our way instead of His way. God wants us living up here, uh, feasting, uh, eating at the king's table. Amen. Uh, the fatted calf. Uh, but the prodigal, he took his inheritance and he wasted on riotous living and he ended up in the pig pen eating a hog slop. God's will for His people is not to eat hog slop. And He wants you to sit at Daddy's table so He can feed you uh, with that which He knows you need. Amen. So you would think that Judah would have learned their lesson and Jeremiah had been warning them now. But all they did... Uh, is they got mad every time Jeremiah told them something instead of 
listing up. But now, and again, not only had Samaria and the northern kingdom been besieged by the Assyrians, but also the Assyrians then came down into Judah and besieged Jerusalem. And this was approximately a hundred years prior to Jeremiah's ministry here. Hezekiah was the king that was uh, Jeremiah's, excuse me, that would have been Zedekiah, the king at the time that was on the throne. That would have been uh, his uh, great-grandfather, Hezekiah. But if you remember, Hezekiah wrote a letter and he prayed to the God of Israel. And God heard his cry uh, and sent a host into the Assyrian army and sent them home, uh, tail tucked between their legs back where they come from to Nineveh. But there's a difference between Zedekiah and Hezekiah, his great-grandson. Hezekiah was a, was a godly king. Zedekiah wasn't. Amen? So I think what we see here taking place is the people of Judah were in a state of apathy and carelessness and just casualness. They listened to what Jeremiah said. They didn't pay attention. It could never happen to us. God delivered us before and He'll do it again. That was the attitude. Uh, no doubt about it, Zedekiah would have been familiar with the situation as it had happened only a few decades before and Zedekiah was hoping for and expecting a similar outcome. But can I say to you tonight, he would not get the outcome he was looking for. Zedekiah, again, he was the son of Josiah, the, the, the great uh, godly king that tried to follow the example of his grandfather Hezekiah, uh, who brought genuine revival, but by this point it was too late. But he was, uh, again, the son of Josiah, the great-grandson of Hezekiah, Zedekiah had a great lineage and a heritage, but he did not have the faith that his dad and great-grandfather had. Once again, the importance of godly leadership. Amen? I read somewhere recently where, probably on Facebook, but it said that uh, when God chooses to judge a nation, He does so by give them, giving them wicked leaders. And I say amen to that. And if you want to look for a nation that's on the verge of judgment, you just look for a nation that, is ha that has wicked leadership in place. See, uh, Judah had hope during the Syrian invasion because they had godly Hezekiah on the throne. But when great-grandson Zedekiah showed up, he was not a man of God. He wasn't a man of faith. Alright, so let's just get into tonight. I want to, again, we won't get very far, but I do want to share a few things. First of all, the revelation... Verse 1, the word which came into Jeremiah from the Lord. This wasn't Jeremiah's opinion. As always, he was delivering inspired messages that were from God. And because they were from God, the people needed to pay attention to what was being said. Uh, but also a situation. When did the word come to Jeremiah? When King Zedekiah sent unto him pasture, the son of Melchiah and Zephaniah, the son of Maat, Messiah the priest saying, now again, uh, we've already mentioned it, but let me say it again, Pasher was the governor of the temple. And he was the one who had given Jeremiah so much trouble and had imprisoned him for the message that had been preached. He was Jeremiah's mortal enemy. 
And he had caused Jeremiah the prophet more trouble than anybody else had. But the last time Pasher had come to Jeremiah was to attack him and to persecute him. This time Pasher uh, was coming to Jeremiah for aid and assistance during the time of trouble per the request of King Zedekiah because the, the city of Jerusalem was being besieged and surrounded by Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. So very simply, God had turned the tables and He was now in the process of vindicating Jeremiah's message. Jeremiah's enemies were now wanting to be his friends because they were learning that they had been wrong and Jeremiah had been right all along. Can I just say this to you tonight, church? You don't have to worry about vindicating yourself. Amen? Uh, if you'll just trust the Lord, and if you'll just put your life in God's hands, and if you'll just do right by God, even when others accuse you of doing wrong, even when they oppose you, they persecute you, they, they slander you, they criticize you, they speak out against you, uh, instead of trying to lash out, instead of trying to get even, just leave it in the Lord's hands, and when it's all said and done, God will reveal who's right and who's wrong. Amen. God uh, is in the business of vindicating the faith of His people. You know, a, a passage that came to my mind, I love it, you can turn there real quick, Romans chapter number 12. Turn to Romans chapter number 12 very quickly tonight. We won't stay here long. But you know, that's not what we want to do. We want to lash out, don't we? Huh? Uh, instead of following the golden rule, which says do unto others as we would have them do unto us, uh, our version, uh, amen, the, the, the NIV, the non-inspired version of that principle is do unto others as they do unto us, right? Well, that's not... That's not the instructions that, that, that God gave to us. Romans chapter 12, verse 17. If you found your place, say amen. Recompense or repay uh, to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, and by the way, that's important, providing things honest not just in the sight of God, but also in the sight of men. Amen. If it be possible, and I like those, ver those words, if it be possible. Because sometimes it's not always possible to follow what Paul's getting ready to say here. As much as lieth in you to the best of your ability, if it be possible, live peaceably with all men. How many of you would agree tonight though that there's just some people it's impossible to be at peace with I mean you do everything you can amen you do everything you can to be friendly to be kind to be courteous and they just don't have nothing to do with it that's the kind of relationship that Jeremiah had with Pasher every time he tried to be good to Pasher Pasher wanted to lash out to, against him and hurt him dearly beloved avenge not yourselves but rather give place unto wrath for it is written Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And friend, I want to say to you tonight, that's a promise from God. That, that's not Paul's opinion. 
Later on, he repeats it over in Hebrews. Uh, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. What goes around will eventually come around. And God knows how to turn the tables when He chooses to do so. Uh, Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, what are we supposed to do? Oh my, we all need to be on the altar, don't we? Huh? (laughs) If he thirst, what are we supposed to do? Listen. For in doing so thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Make him feel bad. Huh? Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. What we see here is the difference between man's philosophy and God's philosophy. Man's philosophy is to uh, recompense evil for evil. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You throw a a hand grenade at me, bless God, I'm going to throw an atom bomb at you, hallelujah. But you know the only problem with that, both end up getting hurt. You know, man's philosophy and the way we responds to respond to those who hurt us, who lash out against us, who criticize us, who do wrong to us. Anybody know what it is for somebody to do you wrong? But when we respond by trying to get even, we just make the situation worse. Amen? And when, when, when we try to recompense evil for evil nobody wins everybody loses the godly in the bible philosophy and by the way i've not mastered that neither of you but the bible the the christ-like philosophy of responding and reacting to those who have wronged us and have, have 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 done bad to us is not to recompense evil to evil but to overcome evil with good. See, when you recompense evil for evil, there's no, there's no end to it. There's no solution. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse until both parties are hurt, kind of like the Hatfield and McCoy dispute. Amen? Just people keep getting hurt more and more and more. But when you respond and react to evil that's done against you with good, you're able to overcome it and win victory over it and put an end to it. Amen? Amen. Oh my, we ought to just have a time out and have confession. Amen? All right, there's a petition. But I'm just saying, God turned the tables. God vindicated Jeremiah. And if He did that for him, He'll do it for you and me as well. But it takes faith. Can I say to you tonight, it takes faith to put your life in God's hands. Listen, the wounds run deep, brother. Amen. When you've been wounded, it hurts. Amen. And it takes one of the greatest steps of faith you can take in your life is to respond to evil by an act of kindness. Goodness and grace. But God will reward you for it. He'll bless you for it. Amen. That's good preaching tonight.
There's a petition. Inquire, I pray thee, of the Lord for us. I want to give you just a couple more principles. Here were two priests, religious folk. They were asking Jeremiah the prophet to pray and intercede for them. Do you not find that as being ironic? These men were in trouble. The city was in trouble. And you would have think that as priests in the temple that they... Instead of turning to Jeremiah, that they themselves would have cried out to God. But they didn't. They turned to somebody and said, you know what that tells me? Either they didn't know God or they wasn't close enough to Him to get a hold of Him when they needed Him. Friend, you better not wait till the bad, till trouble comes to turn to God. That's part of the, the principle of this story. You know, I, I really believe with all my heart that there is a breaking point to where sooner or later, and I won't say everybody because I've met some stubborn, hard-headed folk in my lifetime, but for the most part, there's a breaking point where God knows what it takes to get our attention and cause us to turn to Him. But can I say this? We don't need to wait till the trouble comes to cry out to God. And that's what Pasher and his buddy, the two priests, did. They waited till the city was surrounded. Jeremiah had been warning them. They had, they had instead of submitting to God's word, they, they rebelled and they became angry at what the, the message God had for them. So. Amen. When Jeremiah's message was fulfilled and when, when the fire did fall and the city was besieged and surrounded, they weren't close enough to God to get His attention during a time of need. Friend, can I just say to you tonight that more so than ever, you better get close to God. Now is the time to run to God. Because God's been doing His best to get our attention. And we better not wait till the storm comes to build a storm shelter. Amen. I, I'm afraid there's a lot of people going to be like they were in Noah's day when Noah warned them from 120 years that it was going to rain and there was going to be a flood. They didn't pay him attention and they said he was crazy. But when it started raining, the door was shut and they had waited too late. Friend, I'm telling you, there, and, and Dad said it, and I think about it, and I don't know, maybe ministry and pastoring has just made me cynical. <laughs> but Dad says, one day the churches will be full. And I say, I'll have to see it to believe it. Yeah, that may be true, the rapture. But, but I'm telling you, one of these days... All these people that have ignored God and, and have, have abandoned God, don't want anything to do with God, you know, ignore His Word, make fun of His people, don't attend His house, one of these days they're going to be beating the doors down. And they're going to be on their face before an altar saying, God, would you help us? Would you hear our cry? The problem is they'll have waited too late. It is possible to wait too late. And God has a way, you know, letting us make our own foolish decisions. 
to where when, when judgment falls, we have nobody to blame but ourselves. But these two priests, they couldn't even pray. They were men of God. They were religious leaders, but yet they were not close enough to God to even know how to get in touch with Him during a time of need. I'm afraid there's a lot of preachers in our day that would fall into that same category. Amen. Motivation for Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, maketh war against us. Again, they waited too late. Don't wait until trouble comes to turn to God for help. An assumption to hear and we may not get any further than this, but I really want us to focus on this now. Verse 2, If so be that the Lord will deal with us according to all His wondrous works. Now remember, Zedekiah was the great-grandson of Hezekiah, the man who had brought real revival to Judah. And I am sure that great-grandson was familiar with what had happened the last time a foreign invader had tried to besiege the city. And how that Hezekiah turned to God and wrote that letter and set it before God. And God sent, uh, amen, uh, a heavenly host out to confound the Assyrians. And they hit the trail running back to Nineveh. See, Zedekiah was familiar. Y'all listen to me tonight? Zedekiah was familiar with what had happened in the past and what God had done in the past so he just assumed and presumed that God would do the same thing for him at that moment and at that time. They were assuming that God would deal kindly towards them as he had done previously for Hezekiah and had always done so before. But friend, I want to remind you tonight that just because things have always been a certain way doesn't mean they're always going to be that way. Just because God has always dealt with us in a certain way does not mean that He's always going to deal with us in the same way. You know the truth of the matter is, all we've ever known is mercy. All we've ever known is grace. All we've ever known is God's goodness and His blessing and hallelujah for it. In fact, the truth of the matter is we've been spoiled because God's been so good to us. But the truth of the matter is there's another side of God that many of us have never seen before. And certainly our nation has never seen before. But just because we've never seen it doesn't mean we won't. Because others who have come before us have seen it. And I believe unless something changes, we will too. Turn with me quick tonight to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. This is a story to me, that is very similar to the one we're studying here in Jeremiah. And while you're turning, I'll just give you, again, it's Numbers chapter 14, I'll give you the background. This is when, if you remember, God delivered His people out of Egypt. They went, they went across the Red Sea, went through the wilderness, and in a very short time, they were on the very threshold of the land of Canaan. Do you remember what happened? Moses took how many? Twelve spies. He selected one from each tribe, said, go in and spy out the land. And see whether or not it's everything that God said it would be. I'm of the opinion that I'm not even sure Moses should have done that. God had already told him the land was his. Just go on and claim what God's already given to you. But he sent just to be safe. He hesitated and he took those 12 spies and he sent them into the land. Remember what happened? Ten come back or two came back with a favorable report. 
Caleb and Joshua said, it's everything God said it would be. Let's go get it. But then those ten, those other ten said, yeah, it's good. It, it is a great land, but how about them giants? We're but, we're but grasshoppers on their side. And instead of claiming the blessings of God, their faith wavered because of the giants and the obstacles they had to overcome. So what happened? Well, the people went with the, the majority rather than the minority, and they missed out on entering into Canaan, and they end up having to wander 40 long years in the wilderness, and an entire generation of Israelites died and missed out on the promised land, except for Caleb and Joshua. But you know, before the night was over, and God confronted them, let them have it, and said, man, I've done all this for you. You've seen these miracles. I parted the Red Sea. I gave you water, I gave you all manna, I've done a pillar of fire, pillar of cloud, but yet still you don't have enough faith to believe in me. And they said, "Uh uh-oh, we messed up. And that brings us to what I want to read to you tonight. Numbers 14, 40. If you found your place, say amen. And they rose up early in the morning. This was the day after. They rejected the promised land and get them up into the top of the mountain, saying, Lo, we are, or we be here, and we will go up unto the place which the Lord had promised. For we have sinned. And Moses said, Wherefore now do you transgress the commandment of the Lord? But it shall not prosper. Go not up. For the Lord is not among you. The only reason we ought to ever do anything, go anywhere, is if the Lord's with us. Amen. That ye be not smitten before your enemies, for the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you. And ye shall fall by the sword, because ye are turned away from the Lord. Therefore the Lord will not be with you. But look at this next phrase. But they what? They presume to go into the hilltop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. Then the Amalekites came down and the Canaanites which dwelt in that hill and smote them and discomfited them even to horror. Now if they'd went in the day before, (laughs) they'd have won the victory. But because they waited and disobeyed, they waited one day too late. And as a result, the door was short shut and they missed out. And had to spend 40 years in misery because they... Can I tell you, when God tells you to do something, you better not wait. You better do it. Amen? And a lot of times I'm afraid we miss out when God says go. And we say, no, I'm just going to hang out. Well, you're going to miss out. And we wait too long. Friend, we don't have time. To wait. We don't have time to fool around and play games because I'm telling you, we're very close to seeing the door shut on our opportunity to make a difference. Amen? But I see such a similarity to what happened there in, in X. What was I at? Numbers? Is that right? Numbers? I need y'all's prayer. Holly ain't here. I'm having a hard time. Hallelujah. And what's going on in Jeremiah chapter 21? See, the people presumed that because God did it for Hezekiah, He would do it for Zedekiah. 
problem is Hezekiah was a man of God. Zedekiah wasn't. He wouldn't know God if he knew him. It's dangerous to make assumptions or presumptions about what God will do for you based upon what He did for somebody else. Especially if you ain't close to God, and they were. Mm-hmm. Just because God's always been good to America don't mean He's always going to be. Just because God's always been good to Greenville don't mean He's always going to be. Just because God's always blessed United Baptist Church doesn't mean He's going to be. We've got to be faithful on our part and on our end to do what we're supposed to do. Pronunciation that He may go up from us. Now notice here that He is not in, law, in capital letters. It's in small print. So that means that that they were not talking about God. They were talking about Nebuchadnezzar. In other words, what they were concerned about, what they were more interested in, in Jeremiah's day, when the city was besieged and surrounded by the enemy, they said, uh, Amen, Jeremiah! We, we opposed you, we persecuted you, but now we want you to pray to God for us so that Nebuchadnezzar will, will leave us alone. But what I see here is, in, is what they were, they were concerned about Jeremiah leaving them alone when they should have been concerned about God leaving them alone. Amen. They wanted to get rid of the symptoms and avoid the source of their calamity. You know, there's a lot of people, that's, that's what we're trying to do in our society today. We're trying to address the symptoms and avoid the source. We're trying to put a band-aid over cancer. And it don't work, brother. Uh, amen. Uh, can I say to you that when you've got uh, uh, an epidemic of violence uh, in every level of society, when you've got crazy teenagers going around shooting up schools, there's a greater problem than, than gun violence. Can I just say that? Guns ain't the only problem. You can say, well, it's part of the problem, but there's a greater problem, and it's sin. And we're trying to fix and deal with the symptoms and, and ignore the source. The source. Man, I, I, I gotta, y'all just better bear with me. I'm, all, I, I'm almost finished. Hallelujah. I just I gotta get I'm getting somewhere. Reaction then said Jeremiah unto them, Thus shall you say to Zedekiah, Origin, thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Obstruction. Behold, I'll turn back the weapons of war that are in your hands wherewith ye fight against the king of Babylon and against the Chaldeans which besiege you without the walls. The Lord was getting ready to turn and he was getting ready to fight against his own people. He was no longer their friend. He was turning into their enemy. Congregation, I'll assemble them. The Lord was the one that had caused Babylon to assemble themselves and besiege the city. Opposition, and I myself will fight against you with an outstretched hand. And with a strong arm, even in anger and in fury and in great wrath. This was God's chosen people, the Jews, the people 
of Israel, David's seed. But the Lord said, I'm no longer your friend. I'm turning into your enemy. Friend, I just want to say to you now, we better make sure we're on the right side. Especially when judgment falls. Judgment is coming. Amen? I want to make sure I'm on the right side when judgment falls. See, there's a lot of Christians, people who supposedly name the name of Christ, you can't even tell which side they're on. They're straddling the fence. One foot in the world and one foot in with God's people. Amen? James 4 says that to be a a friend of the world is to be an enemy of God. Lot. When the fire fell, Lot found himself right smack dab in the middle of judgment. Even though he was a righteous man. I mean, that's why you need to be like Abraham and be content outside the city. Amen. Dwell in the plains of Mamre ready, rather than the cities of Sodom. Amen. Why? Because when the fire falls, I want to make sure I'm on God's side. Amen. Now here's where I'm getting to, and we're ending right here. Amen. So preacher, you've said it 20 times. Verses 6 and 7. And I will smite the inhabitants of this city, both man and beast. They shall die of what? Great pestilence. You know what that is? That's a plague. Plague. That's a pandemic. Can I get a witness? Something like COVID. Matthew 24, 7 and 8. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilences, earthquakes, and all these are the beginnings of sorrows. And then in 2 Chronicles 7, 13 and 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. Verse 13. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain. Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. Or if I send pestilence amongst my people. See here the emphasis upon the plagues, the pestilences. Alright? Verse number 7 of our text is where I want us to finish up tonight. A description. And afterwards saith the Lord, I will deliver Zedekiah, king of Judah, and his servants and the people and such as are left in this city from the pestilence, from the sword, and from the famine. Now again, this, all of these things, the sword, the pestilence, the famine, the plague, these were all results of and consequences of the fact that the city was besieged. But they were all forms of judgment that were handed out by God. And I mean, you study the Bible and the principle is that one of the primary ways that God judges people, and He remember in 2 Chronicles, He refers to them as His people. Can I remind you tonight that judgment must first begin at God's house. And the way He does it is by plagues, by pestilences, and by famines. But we just had a plague. And I said it the entire time. I believe it was a form of judgment. I say it today and people look at me like I blasphemed the name of God. I still believe it today. As much as ever have. But right now, I said at the beginning of the message, this is why I wanted to get this far. Right now, in America, we have got 
in half of this country. You look on the map and from, from the Mississippi River over, Texas, Wyoming, California, these western states are suffering, you listen to me tonight, the worst drought that has ever existed in this nation in over a thousand years. The scientists will tell you that. What do you think that is? Well, you know what our president said today? It was climate change. Huh? Now, you know, there's a great debate over whether or not climate change is or is not a real thing. I know over in Great Britain, they're dealing with the greatest heat wave that they've ever had. All right? And I'm not, gonna, I'm not here to debate with you whether or not climate change is real or not. But I'm just telling you, even if climate, there is such a thing as climate change, that ain't the source, brother. That's the symptom. The source is sin. And what we need to do is get our heads out of the sand, amen, and realize that all of this mess, what Elma requested prayer for uh, up in Lynchburg, amen. All of the, that's the source, that's the problem. The fact that many times the kids don't even know who mom and daddy are. And they don't even know who they are. Am I a boy or a... That's the source. I, I would just love to stand before our president and be respectful to him. But say, Mr. President, instead of dealing with the symptoms, why don't you get to the root problem of this whole matter? Why don't you encourage the leaders of this land once and for all to deal with the sins of our nation? I read something else today about how that in the Northeast uh, a, a, an outbreak of some kind of locust or something is getting ready to sweep all across America. and is going to have a great effect on our vegetation and effect, especially our food supply. Now ain't the time for that, brother. We're already struggling with a food supply problem. But do you just think it could be that God's letting happen to us what he's let what he let happen to Israel and Judah and other nations who were blessed by God but at some point in time chose to turn away friends if I don't if you don't get anything else from the message tonight you better not wait till the storm comes to get close to God you better get close to him you better get right with him you better seek his face now and make sure that when judgment falls You've got a storm shelter that you can go through. Go to and let God keep you safe from the storm. Let's all stand tonight. Heavenly Father, I love you. I've done my best to preach what you give to me. Lord, I love your word, God. It is not just a written word. It is a living word. And God, even though it was written hundreds and thousands of years ago, it's still just as relevant to our day as it ever was. And God, help us to heed the warning. Help us not to be like Pasher. That when trouble comes our way, we don't even know who to turn to. We don't know how to pray. We don't know how to get a hold of God, even when we need to. And God, help us, Lord, to trust You to vindicate our faith. When we're wrong, when, we're, when people speak against us, when people accuse us, when they oppose us, 
when they persecute us for doing the right thing, God, I pray that we wouldn't lash out or that we'd just keep our hands to ourselves and let go and let God and trust you. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Bless your people tonight as we have received your word. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people say it.